Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Hi, everyone. Welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Robin Boyd with you today on behalf of Sandra Beck, and we have a great show lined up for you today. Today is Women's Day. We thought we'd highlight some amazing women who have served in the military. We recently brought you to your attention the story of the WASPs, the Women's Air Force Service Pilots of World War II. We had some great interest in this story, and people have appreciated hearing these women's voices. Then, with pilots in mind, we're going to bring you our interview with Linda Maloney, author of Military Fly Moms, rounding out the hour. We have a great visit with Karen Jeffries of Veterans Moving Forward. But first, as you know, Sandra and I love featuring many stories, opinions, and voices of military families of all ages. I found a very interesting video on YouTube entitled Soldier, a tribute to women in the military. It's published by Jasmine Knowles and Amanda Wilkinson featuring the Midnight Escape Artists. The video was made to advance awareness of the Pentagon's decision in early 2013 to lift the combat ban for women. The decision was to open up frontline jobs for women who desire to perform this service, and Jasmine and Amanda included commentary from people on the street of the decision, and the group proudly made this video in honor of all those who have chosen to serve. Please listen to Soldier, a tribute to women in military service. I'll try for 
say surrender. We can be used to do other things that I think are more helpful, more useful for like who we are and how we're built, but that's just an opinion. Intensity and impact that I assume combat is like. It's just a, it's a totally different environment. It should be approached real carefully. It's really wise people sit in a room and think of who really want to do this. I think that no matter what, um, it should be whoever's best qualified for the job. I'll get it if you need it. I'll search if you don't see it. You're thirsty, I'll be rain. You get hurt, I'll take your pain. I know you don't believe it, but I said it and I still mean it. Please look up their video on YouTube. Search by its title, Soldier, a tribute to women in military service. We'll be right back on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVent Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Help us out. Put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty. 
Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio. Recently on PBS, we saw a documentary on the World War II Women's Air Force Service Pilots known as WASPs. Now, if you have not heard of WASPs, don't think that you uh, have been under a rock or anything. Unfortunately, these women were not known about and have not even been documented in most history books. Only until recently has their story been told. During World War II, the women's Air Force service pilots were the first women to fly air, air, uh, American military aircraft, and sometimes they were the first person, period, to fly the aircraft because they would ferry them from the manufacturing plant to their point of destination. Although invaluable to the war effort, these women remained civilians. They were not enlisted into the military and thus did not receive any military or veteran benefits. Even the 38 women who were killed while serving were not provided their last journey by the military. In December of 1944, the program was abruptly ended and it sent these dedicated and talented women back to their home states to resume mostly clerical or home care duties. It wasn't until 1977 when the WASPs were recognized and given military status, and in 2009 were finally honored for their service with the Congressional Gold Medal. Now, I found two clips that I'd love to share with you first. We have a clip by Marty Weil. Then we'll hear the voice of Catherine Bridge. Please listen to these lovely ladies, the WASPs of World War II. To be a WASP, was was the best thing that ever happened to about a thousand of us and we know it in 1944. I had no idea what was coming. I had never been to Texas before. It was a windy, windy day in uh, May when I got there. When I walked out on the flight line and saw these big airplanes, I said, I'll never be able to uh, fly this thing. But the minute you got on the field, everything just seemed to fall in place. I think there were about 98 of us in the new class. We were just completely bowled over. It was just so amazing. I was in class 44W10, which meant we were the 10th class in 1944. Training was about a seven-month period, and of course, we never had any free time. You had to march everywhere you went. I had never marched in my life. We did delivery, and we did a lot of night flying because they trained us to be cross-country pilots. Most memorable trip in uh, my training had to be the 2,000-mile cross-country in the AT-6. It was wonderful. Anytime you soloed another airplane, your baymates were waiting for you when you came back off of the flight line and they would throw you in the, in the wishing well, which was probably two feet deep. <laughs> Our commanding officer took all the civilian instructors and they had a meeting and he said, women have proved themselves that they are easier or just as easy to train as the men. And if any of you are prejudiced and think that your student doesn't need to graduate, I want you to quit right now because I want every one of you instructors to get as many women trained to be military pilots as physically possible. And I don't think any other CO talked to Avenger Field instructors the way he did. My mother absolutely disapproved. When I left for the service, she never left her bedroom to say goodbye. She was so disappointed. She was of the older generation where women should be ladies at all times, but I couldn't let that bother me. 
My dad was so excited. He wrote me every day that I shouldn't let things like that stop me if I had the will to keep on going. He was the one that supported me and my mother eventually. She was also supportive. I wrote, I imagine, almost every week. And my mother, she saved them all. All my letters are a little more upbeat than what was actually going on, so they wouldn't worry. Well, I did have a scary moment. I had just had 30 hours of training aerobatics in the primary trainer. Then when we transitioned into our basic training and were flying the BT-13s, I tried to do the same thing with that. I thought I could loop it. The engine stopped and I saw the propeller and uh, it, it started slipping backwards. And of course, I had no idea what was going on. Then all of a sudden, it snapped and it started tumbling. I thought, you know, I'm supposed to be jumping now. The G factors, I couldn't even hold my hand up to pull the latch to open the hatch. I was in charge, so I was going to land it. So I told Betty up front, I said, I'm going to fly around a little bit before I enter the pattern, kind of get settled so that I could talk on the phone. We came in and landed, and you're supposed to write up whatever happened. We didn't even write it up because we knew we'd be washed out. So we didn't say anything. But the next day, I asked my instructor, by the way, can you loop or snap roll a, a BT-13? He said, oh, no, don't even think about it. It would ruin the wings. But there is one airplane that's not a BT-13. It's a BT-15, and it's, it's structurally sound. It's just not a very good engine that, would, that you could do aerobatics in. It's still overweight and underpowered. And I said, well, which airplane is that? And when he gave me the number, that was the plane we had. Otherwise, I don't think I'd be here today. My proudest moment had to be our graduation. We were graduated on December 7, 1944. They did such a wonderful send-off. When they closed the program, General Arnold was there. General Arnold, the morning of our graduation, picked up his tray and came over and sat with four of us. He asked each and every one of us personal questions and whether our parents were going to come and, and what we thought about the training. We were so thrilled. He is such a down-to-earth person and he was so proud of us. Every graduation had their own song and ours was, we're the last, last class of a Avenger Field, we're the lost last class of Avenger Field. Ba -da -dun 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 -dun. And we sang that at the top of our voices. We, being in the very last class, knew that this was not going to last forever. Our, our heaven on earth was going to come to a close eventually. But it was such an honor. civil servants hired under that we had no insurance for example um, there were 38 women killed over the whole history of the wasps and uh, there was no money to get them home to the bodies home to their families the women ourselves the wasps would ra raise money and one of us would take the, the person back to their home um, and as far as insurance went, fortunately, we were all very healthy, you know, and we didn't have, a, have um, health problems other than flu and so forth. Uh, I think that we were, people always ask, how did, years later, a Navy pilot who was a carrier pilot asked me the question, how many different planes have you flown? Not how many, but how many different types, like P-40, P-51, and so forth. And I had never thought of that as being important. Well, apparently this, the Navy pilots, because they only fly one, you know, really, so they, they have to be so perfect in landing to catch that tail hook on the carriers that different planes have different landing speeds and 
and so forth. So they, they're not allowed to um, experiment. So I counted them up and I have uh, 20 different military models and about um, six civilian models. Uh, so I, I recount them every time. I, I might even say 21, but I'm not going to until I actually check it out. <laughs> the program was dissolved before the war was over, which is very difficult for us to take. Uh, we were let go and the war was still on for another six months. And uh, we were, at that point, we were highly qualified and had a lot of experience in the job. And uh, the program ended and it was entirely political. When the program was set up, we, we were praised, you know, we were leaving a man to go fight in the war. And then at the, as the war, war wound down and Germany, the anticipated Germany collapse, uh, the, the flying schools were cut back. They weren't training as many cadets. And that meant that the instructors were not needed anymore of the flying school. And then they suddenly, these, this group of people discovered that women were flying. And it meant that they were being, facing the draft. And so they went to Congress with a big objection that women were taking their jobs. And uh, it was entirely political. Again, I hope you will find their stories in books. Uh, there's been a number of recent authors, and I'm hoping that we can have uh, at least one of them on the show in the coming year. And I'm hoping that um, you will find some of these documentaries on YouTube where I found these. They're fascinating. They're delightful. Watch the videos. These, these women are just true heroes and we at military mom talk radio salute you women air force service pilots stay tuned we'll be back in a moment on military mom talk radio are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system keeping the home fires burning well that's what we're here for it's military mom talk radio with sandra beck and robin boyd and we'll be right back after these Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Get ready to have some fun with some brand new insights from science. Join us for the radio show of scientist Oe Nandi. Born of Indian and Swiss parents, this linguist and biologist authored the book Human Language Evolution and will tell you the story of human history, why it began in Africa, and why there arose blonde people, how America was populated, and we'll be answering some much more similar thrilling questions. Scientist Owe Nandi is here to simplify the complex and to give us insight into our history and maybe even share one of his poems from one of two publications. Join us every Wednesday at 12 noon central on TokiNet Radio for an insightful show with host, scientist, and poet, Oe Nandi. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. 
covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, and we've got Linda Maloney joining us. And i got to tell you, every once in a while, Rob, you know I tend to do this. I tend to wax poetic about somebody's book because it's, like, big and heavy with good paper and nice pictures. And, you know, there's so much self-publishing out there where books come out, and they're, you know, they're kind of a little bit on the cheap side. And I love the feel of a book. I love the smell of it. And, um you know, this book that Linda Maloney has put together, The Military Fly Moms, is so great. It's so beautiful. Like, when I opened it out of the package, I was like, oh, you know, it was one of those reactions. <laughs> oh, and, my um, gosh. I just already immediately like her because she's affiliated with Girls with Wings, which is kind of like my chicks with brain sight. I love it. And I just barely got a chance to, to tap into there. It's so exciting. Let's meet her. Let's meet her. Linda, are you there? <laughs> I am here. How's that Welcome. for a startup? <laughs> Hi, Robin. Hi, Sandra. Thank you very much Hi. for having me today. Oh, Linda, it's well, great having you here. So, Linda, I got to have you tell everybody who you are and what you've done because you're kind of a rock star in my book of cool things that you've done in your life. Oh, my eight-year-old always tells me I'm a... Uh... Famous. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm really just one of many. I uh, spent 20 years in the Navy uh, as an enlisted member and then as, a, as an officer and aviator. And I retired in 2004. In my last year of the military, I actually did not get married until I was 39, but during my last year of the military, I had my first son, and then a couple years later, I had my second. But um, I, my husband really encouraged me to write a book. I was one of the very first women to eject from a, uh, an aircraft back in 1991, and he encouraged me to write a book about my experiences. And I just really thought that my story was really one of many, and I wanted to share um women's stories. And and what I knew, obviously, was aviation since I spent about 14 years flying A6s and EA6Bs. I'm a naval flight officer. And um, I just got into this whole thing of, uh, as a strong woman, what legacy I was going to pass down to my my kids and what um, legacy other women, strong women that have unusual careers, would pass down to their kids. And that's how the whole idea spawned. Well, and that's just so important, Linda, because, you know, as a military mom talk radio, you know, we talk about moms and, you know, aunts and, and, you know, the women that are serving today. When you look at what you've done, like, you know, just being the first woman to eject from an aircraft, you know, this is just cool. Like, there's no way, two ways about it. I think what you've done with your book, I think what you've done with your career is really an inspiration. I love that you got married late. I was a late bloomer, too. I didn't have my kids till I was, like, 38 and 40. It was kind of, like, under the gun. I better get these kids out. You know, you've done a lot in your lifetime, and you're an inspiration for the women that follow in the footsteps behind us. And I just think that rocks. Oh, thank you. And that's all the women in the book. I started out with 200 and we ended up with 70, 71, including myself. And mm-hmm. the women from, are from every military service. And they're just amazing women. And I just have this passion to share with um, middle America because a lot of times I think people have this impression of who women are in the military. And I really just have this passion to show who these women are. And um, it really comes through in all their stories. And they all are really incredible, amazing, inspiring women. But the one thing that really shines through in all their stories is that they love being moms. They all say, you know what, my, my career's great. I love being an F-15 pilot or F-16 pilot. But the best thing I've done in my life is being a mom. And that, to me, that's just so great, you know, that they have, they've done all these things, but they really value being a mom. Well, it's, you never hear male pilots say that. You know, my dad is a big Navy, you know, he's a huge, huge fan of, you know, he was in the Navy and he's, he loves planes and, you know, we've gone to tons of air shows, met tons of pilots and, you know, you never hear a dad pilot go, you know, the best thing I've ever done is have my son. Um, you know, they do talk about their aircraft and how fun it is. And that's just such a perfect um, depiction of what I look at your fly moms or our fly moms to go, you know, we are moms first and we get to do cool things and for the first time in history really especially in this country there is no limits on what we can do as women and as moms 
Right. Well, the uh, combat exclusion law was repealed back in 1993, and that was very groundbreaking because that allowed women to fly in any type of aircraft and any type of squadron in the military. But it also does present, you know, um, family life, career issues because at a you know certain point in time, when a woman decides to have a family, you know, you have to consciously make those kind of decisions, and you have to have a really good support system. Several of the women are dual military, and so they have to balance the deployment schedules, and they all say that they they have to have a good um, uh, support structure, whether it's nearby family or other friends. Sure, but to have a choice, like that's the thing that I love about it, you know, when they repealed the combat exclusion law, you know, that we get the choice, like, you know, that's a big advocate, you know, Robin, I think you share my same feelings with this, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that, you know, as moms, you know, I'm a single mom of two kids, run a company in technology, you know, Robin has raised two children, she was self-employed, ran her own company, you know, we're kind of groundbreakers, all three of us, you know, for something that's going to be normal in the next next couple generations. It's just going to be normal to be a mom and be able to do what you want to do in so far as your career. Well, a lot of the women do say that they feel like they can have it all, but just different stages in life. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you know, a lot of times you can't have it all, all at once. Right. But Absolutely. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Linda, how did you come in contact with the women you featured in your book? Because you're saying that you had about 70 different women contributing to your, your content. Right. The story or the the book has 71 different women, and I started out with a couple of hundred. I belong to a couple of women's organizations, flying, aviation flying organizations, women military aviators, women in aviation, and I just started contacting some women from those organizations along with some friends of mine, and the idea just um, went crazy. I mean, people just loved the idea, and they started contacting me. It just spread like wildfire. So it wasn't very hard for me to get a lot of uh, women to participate participate in the book, uh, they were coming to me. And like I said earlier, there's um, women from every military service, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marine Corps, Air National Guard, and they're all either current or former aviators. Many of them have flown in combat. Um, Some are uh, retired. Some are still active duty. Some are even stay-at-home moms. One of the women in the book, she has um, six children now, and she's retired from the Air Force, and she's a stay-at-home mom. Love wow. that. I love that. I love that we have that choice today. Um, hey, Linda, how do you, you know, I loved what you said about, you know, we can have it all, we just can't have it all at once. How, you know, like when you talk about, you know, these women in high powered positions too, balancing the career and family, what do you think are some of the secrets? Well, definitely, like I talked about earlier, support. You have to have a good support structure. And also one thing that's available is the reserves. If if you have a, especially if you have a dual active duty military couple, a lot of times one of them chooses to go to the reserves. Although, as you know now, the reserve, <laughs> um, the people in the reserves deploy a lot, just as much as the active duty folks. That's but, right. Right, but the women talk a lot about child care and the different types of child care that they use. Some have in-home nannies, some have out-of-home nannies, some have um, um, sisters come for like six months or a year to help them out or moms or dads uh, that help them out. And so they, they use a lot of different types of support, and they also use the on-base child care, which is um, critical in many of their family situations. Well, and I want to talk a little bit just off topic because this is what I see from, you know, doing the show for three years and meeting all sorts of different people. There's a different mindset that that I see that women have in this situation, that they're really able to compartmentalize something that a lot of people struggle with. And it's just a, I'm going to make it work. I'll figure it out. I don't know how it'll be. I'm not sure the way it's going to work out, but I'll figure it out. Can you talk a little bit about that mindset? Cause you have it. I know you do. Well, Obviously, I'm very type A. Most of, most women avi- aviators in general are very type A, so very uh, dedicated, passionate. Obviously, they love what they do. And um, I think is, if a woman knows that her kids are being well taken care of, then she can go to work and not have to worry about, you know, that. And um, so I, 
I just think that um, we're really just like the guys in a, in a lot of ways in terms of being aviators. We're pretty type A, and um, we're, we're very motivated and dedicated to what we do. And we also love serving our country. That's one thing, too, that comes out in all the stories. The women just love being um, part of the military, and they love serving their country. Uh, Linda, we want to make sure that people know where to find this beautiful book. And um, do I, I want to say uh, the website, which is shop.tannenbaumpublishing.com. Is that correct? Right. That's my publisher. They can go right to my website. And actually, if they go to my website, they can okay. get um, – there's a promotional code there that they can use to get $10 off the price. And okay. if they go to my website, www.lindahydemaloney.com, they can um, uh, get to the book that way. Or if they do a Google search on Military Fly Moms, it comes up all over the place. Oh, yeah, good. you did a good job on that. You did a good job. <laughs> and uh, if anybody does need help with that, they can certainly email us here at Military Mom Talk Radio, and we'll certainly be uh, glad to direct that to you, uh, that yeah, it's a pretty book. It's a really nice book. Like I have it in the, you know, the cabinet with all the other books of the guests we've had on, and it really stands out. It's really well done. Oh, well, thank you so much. Congratulations, Linda. Thank you. It was eight years in, in coming, so I'm very excited, <laughs> very proud of it. So. <laughs> Thank you. It's just like giving birth, isn't it? It is. I think you have an eight-year-old. A long labor. Long labor. Yeah, let's start a book. Oh. Give birth. That's a yeah. That's typical type A. Oh my goodness, Linda Maloney. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we are proud of you. We thank you for your service, military fly moms, sharing memories, building legacies, inspiring hope. Thank you so much, Linda. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially, as with the ancient seers and master teachers. Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach author and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Hey, military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And first, going to welcome Karen Jeffries of Veterans Moving Forward, and that's an organization, a nonprofit that's transforming the lives of physically and mentally challenged uh, veterans, helping them to assimilate in society and leave productive and fulfilling lives by using, guess what, Rob? What's our favorite animal? <laughs> dogs! That's I know. It's a toss-up between dogs, cats, and horses. But hey, you know, we just, oh. you know, we've done what? This will be our third dog show with our third dog organization, I think. And each one has something so special to offer. Karen, thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you so much, Robin and Sandra. Thank you. I'm so delighted that you wanted to talk to us about uh, uh, our creative approach in helping veterans through dogs. I'm glad to hear that your show hasn't gone to the dogs, but that you are concentrating on the veterans and their families. <laughs> what is uh, what is unique about veterans moving forward? Um, how do you approach your therapy and your support for veterans? We do it through two primarily uh, ways, and that is we're looking at the needs of the veterans first and matching up the dogs to the veterans. Many organizations train the dogs to near perfection and um, believe that the dogs can work miracles to any person who comes down the pike. And that's true on some level. And on another mm-hmm. level, we really, really think that the veterans can help um, get better and, and feel better about themselves while they're working with the dogs. So some of our veterans are actually handling the dogs and engaging therapy with other veterans who, in their opinion, are worse off than they are. So it's a win-win. That's so interesting. Now, do you integrate with the medical team or the, or the clinicians that are working with the veteran to find out what those specific needs might be? Absolutely. What we do is the veterans apply through our program online with an application either to obtain a service dog that we train or if they need to um, have a dog help them with their therapy. So we work with their healthcare team and then we have a team of healthcare professionals that guide and advise us as well to see whether the veterans' needs are primarily the physical issues or the psychological emotional issues. Hmm. And then does the dog actually live with the, um, the veteran, or is this something that um, the, the dog may be used for a number of different service people? Well, in the course of the two years it takes to train a service dog, from the time we take it out of a litter um, from a, a professional uh, breeder and a healthy dog until they're placed with a veteran and matched up with their needs, during that two-year period of time, we will use that dog as a comfort dog or a therapy dog along the way. And a comfort dog is very much a a dog that puts a smile on someone's face, provides the motivation, and makes them feel good. And that engagement is defined as an animal-assisted activity. We may never see that person again. Um, and then we also do therapy work. So with the healthcare team, there's a specific need in what the, the session should include with the therapy dog. So our dogs will help the therapist and their team get better. And then while we're figuring, while that dog is growing up to the two years of maturity, we have a much better feel for whether that dog is better suited for a man or a woman, for somebody with physical issues, somebody with emotional issues, somebody with a very active lifestyle, or somebody with a very sedate lifestyle. So we use our dogs um, during the entire process, and we they move in and out of their roles, and the goal is assistance dogs to help us serviceman or woman, a veteran, mitigate their disability one-on-one. Hmm. Are there certain breeds that you choose? You know, when I see like Freedom Dogs and, you know, all the different dog organizations, yours out there as well, I see a lot of labs. I see a lot of um, the same type of dogs. They look alike to me, you know, being a layman. (laughs) Well, and, and that's because they're such smart dogs. They're easy to train. They're gentle. They're not frightening to the general population. They're very, very smart. You know, a lab can pick up and retrieve a piece of fruit out of the fruit bowl without destroying it. There's not a lot of slobbers. There's not a lot of mess. They're very gentle. It's very easy to train these dogs. They're just so loving and smart. Oh, 
Ah, so I'm not crazy thinking I'm seeing the same. I used to think it was the same ad dog. Like there must have been some like, you know, military <laughs> ad dog like Nathan on your site. You know, that's just such a pretty dog and, you know, appears everywhere. But it is breed specific. Well, it is breed specific and there's a whole psychology behind it, too. Many people are terrified of a big black dog. Um, mm-hmm. And the German Shepherds were used for many, many years as service dogs, and they're now used more for, for police activity and law enforcement and bomb detection. And so there's this whole perception about what those dogs can do, as well as they tend to get a little bit more defensive and protective of their owner after a long period of time. And we have a veteran whose health is deteriorating. We need the EMTs to be able to respond and not having a dog stand guard and keeping them at bay. Oh, that makes so, sense. It's very much it's a team approach and what are the needs and expectations of the veteran long term. What's the hardest part of of um, using, you know, animal assistance service dogs, you know, beyond the cost? We know it's very, very expensive to train these animals. And, you know, you're looking at a two-year process, which is a, a very expensive. What Beyond cost, what's the hardest, um, the biggest challenge you face in your program? I think it is to explain the program and uh, make people really understand the need and how much value these dogs bring to someone's life. There's so many misperceptions out there. There are people that are going online and purchasing a vest or a cape and a uniform and having an ill-mannered, untrained dog and taking it on an airplane or in a public setting and saying, oh, this is my, my personal service dog. It's really tough that when there are organizations that spend a couple years training a dog to the appropriate standards and the dogs have the right temperament and personality and disposition and appropriate behavior to compete with someone who has a little dog that is just not appropriate. And and everybody knows it, but people are scared and fearful of addressing that. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. Nobody wants Mm -hmm. to be the one person that, you know, picks on the, the, the disabled person. Or the person right. with the disability, and all of a sudden you're wrong. That would be me, right, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> like, that doesn't look like a service dog. That is not a service dog. I heard it on the radio. They just but take me away. I mean, a, ser- a service dog doesn't bark uncontrollably. A service dog doesn't eat food off the floor. A service dog doesn't just wander away from its person. They're not off-leash. Um, there's, there are some things that you can expect of a service dog when you are out in public, when you see someone with a service animal, service dog at a restaurant or at a store or something. That makes a lot of sense. You know, that. Oh, that um, but God, people are crazy, aren't they? <laughs> some people are. Some people are. <laughs> I like the bumper stickers that my dog is better behaved than your child. (laughs) Well, that's a given. I mean, (laughs) boy, uh, that's a given on any day over in my house. (laughs) So your dogs must be used to being, what if a family already has a dog, but this dog comes in and has some special uh, jobs to do with their, with their, uh, partner, I guess. We'll call them partners because they are partners. They work together. They are partners. And it depends on the household. Um, If there's many, many, many dogs in the household, it may not be appropriate to bring in another dog at that time. The family, Mm -hmm. that's part of the whole process of identifying if a family or a veteran is ready to receive a dog. Where are they living? Do they have stability? Are they able to maintain and care for this dog? Because there's a responsibility to keep this dog healthy uh, so that the dog can do what it was trained to do to help that veteran. Mm -hmm. Is somebody capable Mm -hmm. of providing exercise for that dog and taking the dog for walks and making sure it's groomed and cleaned and it's fed a proper healthy diet? I mean, organizations like us get them ready and can help with some aspects of that over the next several years, but there is a responsibility on the recipient's part, too. That's what I was just going to ask, too. What about uh, whose responsibility does it fall in as far as the veteran, I mean, the vet, veterinarian bills and so forth? Right now, Veterans Moving Forward is a young organization, two years old. We are just now reaching that threshold and negotiating our way through that. Um, We will give the healthiest dog. We will not give a veteran a dog that we've trained and raised that has health issues. Just not going to go down that road. And then when we place the dog with a veteran, we want to know what veterinarian they have in mind, work out relationships with that veterinarian, and most veterans that are living near military posts, they can take the dog to the nearest veterinarian clinic on post. You know, many Army posts have veterinarian clinics. 
That's so, so interesting. Karen, where can we find out more about your program? You can go online to VetsForward, V-E-T-S-F-W-D.org, and mm-hmm. our information is there, applications for service dogs, or to join us to be puppy raisers, or to join us with your personal pet that might work as a therapy dog that can engage in therapy with healthcare providers that are treating veterans. The applications are there, and we will um, respond to the applications and the telephone calls and conduct interviews and get people on our team. That's fantastic. And also, I'm sure, if somebody wants to contribute and become a donor, do you have um, ways that people can support you that way? We do, and thank you for asking. We have a donate button in the top right corner of our website, as well as people can send us uh, checks, uh, use their credit cards, and all of that is on our donation page. Um, That's fantastic. We have have a dog, if I may real briefly, we have a dog right now in the final stages of her training uh, with a veteran. And this veteran who has PTSD after eight years of combat tours said that for the last three weeks when he's had this dog, he has not had a nightmare in, in three weeks. Oh, God bless him. Isn't that wonderful? Karen, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Karen Jeffries from Veterans Moving Forward. And again, that website, vetsfwd.org. Thanks, Karen. Sandra and I want to remind you that if you have missed any of this show or any of our over 200 shows to date, you can always find our podcasts for free on iTunes. You can find us at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com and you can find us right here on our show page at Toganet.com. Please join us again next week. We've got another great show lined up for you. For Sandra Beck, I'm Robin Boyd. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for being part of Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com with Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here each week to provide a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. For more information on the show or Sandra and Robin, go to militarymomtalkradio.com. This is their mission helping military moms. So join us again next Monday for Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, Monday afternoons, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Toginet.